One, two, ten. You're listening to the Claim the Throne Bloodcast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2015. Who is it? I read their blodge. Welcome back to the Claim the Throne Bloodcast. Thanks for being here, where being different is better than being better. I'm Cabo, and I'm here with Ashley Large. How you going, Ash? Hey, Cabo. How you doing, mate? I'm a bit hungover. We uh, had a gig last night, and I'm feeling it today. Yeah, I'm feeling all right. Pretty tired, but yeah. whatever. Why? Why? Just life. Indeed, mate. Yeah. Oh, well, no, no, just fucking last night, mate. Yeah. We did do a gig. We're not supposed to be doing any gigs lately, as you may have heard on the last uh, podcast that we did about 100 uh, years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Uh, was we're in the studio. Well, we're in the writing rooms at the moment, writing plenty of stuff, um, so keeping off the gigs so that we don't get too sidetracked and all that. But uh, an opportunity arose yesterday um, for a show in Perth, a metal show. There was a band from Melbourne coming over. Unfortunately, had their flights cancelled at the last minute, and so we got a cool call from our friend Stu McGill. Uh, thanks for tuning in, Stu McGill. Yeah. And uh, he talked us into playing an acoustic set, um, which... At first, we were like, no way. But then after it was, a yeah, quick chat, we were keen. Like um, four hours notice or something. Mm. I got a phone call from you at about 20 past four and we played at 20 past eight. <laughs> 420. And we, uh, we hadn't practiced at all, like ever, yeah. really, since last time we did that, which was a long time ago. Um, but whacked together a little set list of about six songs that we can do acoustically and did it. And it was good fun. Yeah, stuffed up I a think few actually. things, but I thought it was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, considering no practice and all that, it was um, it was good fun. I think people sort of dig it. It breaks the night up a bit. It's very different than what you'd normally see at a metal gig. Um, yeah, if you haven't heard what we do acoustic before, you can hear the songs on a few of our albums. There's normally one or two on there uh, on YouTube or on Bandcamp. You can go to Claim the Thrones page there and listen to Cabasing's Claim the Throne, Master Bashy Large. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, something that I was thinking while it was happening, mm. uh, I was like brutally nervous for some reason. It's really yeah. weird. I, I, well, because you're sort of out of your comfort zone with no practice, I guess. Well, there's that. But also I was, I, I more often than not, this is an insider PC ghost, mate. Ooh. I used to play quite drunk all the time, <laughs> like beyond drunk and not remember sets and stuff. Whereas yeah. these days I don't so much because... Um, yeah, I'm driving to shows and blah, 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 No, not even that. Just, I don't know, just being a little bit more reserved too is a bit different. But <laughs> in Perth, you know, you can't avoid driving when you're a drummer. So you were sober like, as a judge last night? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I had a couple of drinks, but nothing, nothing to take the edge off. Mm. But I think it's more because those, it's not super loud where yeah. I can sort of hide behind how loud everything is. Whereas sure, last yeah. night, you could really notice the sort of, intimacy so that was pretty strange Big time and yeah i guess because we were opening as well it was still pretty early so it wasn't a huge packed room or anything but there was, was a you know, respectable amount of people watching but yeah like sort of sitting on the on the stage instead of standing up and then looking out and everyone's just sort of there and it's quiet and weird yeah and i was on a completely different style of and setup of kit than i normally am at and because we didn't like we played a short song in soundcheck mm. i still hadn't got my head around what i was actually going to do so i just <laughs> i was really yeah it was kind of strange but re- i really liked it and 
what I thought was hilarious was that the snare drum that I borrowed off Paul from Silent Night um, was r- tuned super high. It oh, sounded yeah. like a reggae snare. <laughs> yeah, which I dug. I thought it was really cool. And it suited the acoustic thing because it didn't, you know, it didn't have a lot of body to it because I wasn't rim shotting or anything. And um, it sort of gave me that feeling like I was Martin Lopez in the Damnation CD of mm, Open. Okay. Because we were playing like soft songs, but with pretty normal drums. I did hit pretty softly, but um, I was trying to actually just play normal beats. Have you in the past at the acoustic shows used jazz sticks? Yeah, I've usually used the thinnest sticks yeah. I can get my hands on, whereas I used full-size sticks last night. Mm. And I, my my idea was to actually play at full volume right? because I thought that would cool and uh, be cool and have the mix just accommodate for it. But when we got in, like when we got on stage, I realized how inappropriate that would be because you guys were sitting down. It just felt really sort of intimate. So I really just made sure I was light touching. From but the drums, could you hear everything? Like you know, guitar no, really, Like yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah. And maybe that's also why I played softer. Yeah. But yeah, I just didn't want to blow people's ears off. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we've done acoustic sets in the past, I've always done rim shotting, cross sticking and just the lightest I could. Whereas this time I thought it would be nice to do, you know, when you see like Pearl Jam or whoever do a um, do an acoustic set and the drummer still plays as if he's playing with a full rock band. Okay. I really dig that. Mm. And, and think about bands like um, Days of the New and stuff who have like really rocking acoustic guitar songs. Yeah. I dig that. Okay. So that's what I'd like to do. Like we've always tossed around the idea of an acoustic tour, but instead of making it this is Glenn Thrones acoustic tour... I'd rather, I'd rather have it fun, like pretty much like last night, where I can still play some drum fills and mm. not just be one of these dickheads who puts on a tuxedo or a turtleneck <laughs> shirt and like hits a tambourine. You know, yeah, I still like playing drums. So say we did do an acoustic tour one day, that would mean you'd have to sort of take a drum kit around? Uh, well, the good thing about it is I could honestly be happy with just a kick and a snare, mm. hats and a ride. You know, it's nice to have the flexibility, but... I could play just on as little stuff. So what about, I mean, if we did it as like, you know, bongos and percussion nah. and smaller sort of shit. Okay. But that's what I, that's what I hate. And then mm. I'd more likely have to carry that stuff around than yeah. a kit. Yep, Cause yep. I can always get a kit from somewhere. Yeah. It's hard to get percussion. Mm. But yeah, it's pretty interesting cause we did have spoke about it heaps of times, not so much recently, but um, trying to yeah get a full set together of acoustic stuff and do these tours where you might be able to just drive from town to town and go into weird little towns that you couldn't normally go to as a full metal band but doing an acoustic set like that you probably could and um it could be pretty good fun driving around maybe getting free counter meals as payment or whatever mm. that would be awesome man I'd, and would be a great way to see australia like we've done mm. that in the past but we've always been on some sort of a time budget where we play in the Gold Coast and Brisbane and then we've got three days to get to Sydney mm-hmm. and then do Sydney, Melbourne, Ballarat or something like <laughs> that. Whereas like we're driving through all these towns on our way there anyway. It would be awesome to just pull in and do some shows. Yeah. And so cash, man. And the other thing I really noticed was that with the songs, we got to the end of, let's say, like Mystical Hermit or whatever 
it felt like we could have played that last riff another fucking 20 times, you yeah. know, and just rocked out a bit. And people did, you know, a few people did say like, oh, please just play some more. But I, <laughs> I did feel like we could just, if we actually planned it, mm. we could just really drag sections out and people just, me included, just love that, you know. Mm. Because you just start getting into a vibe and then the songs are fucking over. Well, so. it was kind of cool last night that we hadn't jammed and hadn't practiced because it was almost just like a, a rehearsal on stage almost because we didn't know when, didn't really know how to end songs. We didn't know how long a lot of the sections would even go for. So I would be sort of listening out to your drumming and you're probably winging it big time. And Oh, yeah. Me and Jesse were sort of looking at each other a few times, not knowing what was happening, but we could <laughs> sort of knew what key the songs were in and we could just jam out. Um, and it keeps it spontaneous and bits that I just played through when it was changes because I'm so used to if we ever like we barely play some of those songs anyway yeah. the real versions and so I'm not used to going into a bridge or something like that and then mm -hmm. I was playing through timing changes last night yeah and then I see that Jesse's hands were playing something that I didn't expect and I thought oh shit that's right that's <laughs> another bit there so then I'd stop but um, yeah, you guys somehow made it. I don't know how it sounded to the crowd, but to me, it's like you guys pulled it off mm. without making it known that we completely just natted up apart. Uh, there was one bit where I actually didn't know the words of a verse. I completely forgot in the relic, I think. And I was literally singing like, yeah, I forgot the words <laughs> as the lyrics. Got a few laughs, but probably looked retarded. Yeah. Um, but oh, well, uh, pretty funny. Cool. funny. Um, so yeah, tour tip number one. It's kind of cool to have a backup type option as like that as a, as a band. If you can pull off like an acoustic set or a different type of set, if you you know can do more than just your one main specialty of a heavy gig or whatever you do, um, stuff like this can sort of show its face out of nowhere um, and there can be some pretty good money in it. I assume acoustic stuff probably is a lot easier to get shows and probably get a bit more pay and whatever um and yeah i guess I'm, I'm glad that we got forced into doing that last night because that we'll be back on the radar again where we can start thinking about these sorts of things and mm. it was just fun for him oh, yeah fun. um for sure uh nothing yeah. else about it yeah nothing else mm. that was cool it was good to just bring a cymbal bag that was also pretty cool not even pedals you know it's great. weird like finishing a set and not being tired not being wrecked, not having a sore neck from milling too much, mm. or not having a sore throat from screaming. Yeah, um, that was cool. Not sweaty and shitty. Funny still doing funnels on stage during acoustic songs. Yeah, I didn't do it. Uh, me either, actually. Jesse was hitting it hard, which was good. And Jim moseyed on up halfway through the set, uh, fashionably late, as he likes to do. Just come up looking like a cool cunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he thinks. Yeah. So anyway, we haven't podged for ages. We've been, well, we won't make any excuses. Just sort of run out of ideas and can't be fucked probably for a bit. It's but mostly the latter. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be bothered. The last yeah. one took me like two weeks to get around to actually <laughs> editing because, you know, other things have popped up recently. Yeah. So maybe if we just sort of tell all these listeners what we've been up to the last, probably it's almost been maybe two months since we've done an episode. Maybe yeah. not that long. I don't know. But we're just riding away. We've been... Got a, a weekly room booked at uh, the rehearsal studio, so we're still going to do that to write new songs. Still writing plenty in our own time and having little catch-ups and emails back and forth of demos and 
learning shit. Um, I've got four so- four new songs that we can jam out pretty awesomely at the rehearsal studios. Two more that we've sort of started jamming a bit, um, and another good two or three songs that are pretty much there waiting to be learnt. So we're not too far off, really. And, and what's crazy? We're yeah, we're not too far off having an album ready to go. And to be honest, we're more prepared this time than we were for Forged in Flame and probably for Triumph and Beyond. Mm. But uh, we're taking the approach where we're trying to learn everything so everyone learns everything and can play it before we hit record because that was a, you know, that caused some dramas last time. Yeah, and just tabbing everything as well. So having, mm. you know, a demo and a tab to refer to when you're learning it. And yeah, it's pretty awesome being able to do that. Time saver down the track. But sure. I know we've got bloody like another possibly five songs that yeah. could be finished. Like we again, once again have like this massive list of songs and it's just not all going to fit on an album pretty much. Yeah. So I might have to do one of those things where we make a... What I'd like to do is just record everything we can do if we can do it pretty well and um, and then have that to choose from what goes on the album and the other songs that it's always handy to have things nicely recorded. Um, we could use them for B sides or for um, like well, B sides that's irrelevant, but you know, bonus tracks if we do certain releases or mm. let's say a compilation or something yeah, yeah. rather than taking, you know, like for the 50th time, here's Zephyrus, you know, yeah. like use that on a compilation. We could use something just a bit different that we didn't put on the album yep. or it's a good idea. Given songs away or, um, Japanese editions or maybe online only downloads or all sorts of possibilities or saving for another album. Yeah. Or even just EPs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Never know. All sorts of possibilities. I just think it's, it's been my experience that even stuff that I think sounds crap in demo form Mm. comes out pretty good. Yeah. And even if it's still not strong enough, the results are always much better when we put effort into them. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Well, I guess you would get that opportunity of when you're jamming them out, um, you know, get it, feel what it's actually like to play the song rather than just writing it on the computer and then learning it when you're in recording and you haven't had the opportunity to sort of tinker with the structure or the feel of certain riffs or whatever. Um, so it's definitely going to be a positive. The songs yeah. are sounding fucking heavy, eh? Yeah. we. I had this idea that, we'll have a bunch of songs that aren't fast on this one. <laughs> and as on average, these songs are faster than Fortune Flame, yeah. which was on average faster than Triumph and Beyond. Well, it's funny because, well, me and you, I think we're talking about, you know, experimenting with slower stuff, like more doomy because we'd been listening to a lot of doom and, and whatnot, um, which is all well and good. But then these songs come out and they're just nothing like that at all. So sometimes mm. you just can't uh, mess with what you do when we bust out a claim the throne song it just comes out as a claim the throne song and i don't know yeah and the last one that you sort of presented to us which has been around for a while now in its earlier form i remember thinking oh man i can't wait until we're jamming this one because the the four that we are jamming through are so physically taxing drum wise <laughs> um yeah to i don't know if this sort of puts it in perspective but there's probably less constant double kick than on a normal claim of throne, like that death metal double kicking isn't happening as much, okay. but but the blast beating and the like the thrash skanky blah, uh, you know, thrashy beats 
are just everywhere mm. heaps and heaps of drum fills and the and the tempos are a little bit quicker and that kind of drumming is so you just can't get away with doing that without being super physically into it yeah then cabba brings this new one and i think oh thank god it's a bit more like a bit more simple but the rest of the song is like double that speed <laughs> in blast beats and I'm like oh my god like yeah. i'm literally gonna have to practice on just stamina to get through that shit i can play it but i just can't keep it up for that mm. long well it's the same with the guitaring as well there's so much tremolo so my right hand is just getting some sort of workout that I've never really had to do before. Every song and every riff is just... <laughs> What's picking us? I don't know. That's interesting because last night Ian, Ian Binnett from Wrath of Fenrir and Red Descending, who is an awesome guitarist, I really love watching him play. Um, and someone who probably we both as musicians look up to in a way, commented on Cabba's playing mm. on a fucking nylon string guitar and an acoustic set said man cabba's you know really improved and he was talking my ear off about it saying you know your right hand is really in sync with your left hand and and you just saying that now that these new songs are challenging i suppose that does make sense because even simon mm. holland said the same thing he said yeah man, which cabba's is weird because i don't know what the hell i was even doing it was just open chords really on a, a classical guitar it's pretty tight man. um but i guess it's one of those things if you you know if we're practicing regularly you know every week at a jam and then throughout the week having to prepare for that jam it's a lot of playing that we're getting done which mm. we haven't really been able to do in the past or haven't committed to it as much so it pays off obviously i mean practice yeah. makes perfect um just look at cam nichols from silent night yeah that guy must practice a billion Gosh, times a day my playing like my improv playing last night was a lot more natural and comfortable not not up to where it used to be when i when i first started playing drums how i do it is just put on any song of any genre mm -hmm. and then just try and play along to it and copy yeah. what i heard or made up my own stuff and so you could get me in a band situation and i'd just like come up with pretty cool stuff on the spot but then when you get into this habit of jamming the same songs every single week you sort of lose that spontaneity a little bit and yeah, in this writing process, having to just like on the spot, just think of things to do like, oh, this is, this will just go here for now until I figure it out or write it or whatever. Um, yeah. I found that that impacted my playing in the acoustic set last yeah, night, right. as opposed to previous acoustic sets where I've been a, just a bit like, oh God, I have to do something that's not yep. the same old shit. Yeah. Cool. So I think, yeah, maybe that came across a bit last night, you know, with all of us like yeah. just being a little bit more vibey and spon spontaneous and we've been playing together so much mm. recently um and we've we were doing weekly jams and then we did like a tour and then did weekly jams again mm. so yeah it's it's the most active we've been for ages as just as a band mm. um yeah i don't know when are we going to start doing gigs again do you reckon hopefully once never. the album's out which will be like god knows well we've already pushed that back a bit in our mm. brains hey I think so. Instead of recording, originally it was recording in December. No way. <laughs> then we sort of, without knowing it, pushed it back to January. But now I sort of think that... Feb or March even. Feb or March, yeah. It'd be good to get rolling by Feb. But the other nice thing is that doing it in at least Feb, um, but yeah, most March will give us the whole Christmas holidays for, you know, Jessie to get her yeah, head yeah. around. She's usually the one on the album that does, walks in hears what chords are on each song and then just plays it 
and that's like so her parts always change over the years as it is so it'll be nice to give her like heaps of time with the songs mm-hmm. and i suppose that will affect me heaps and heaps because i'll get to actually tinker with parts yep and also the last two albums we've just done demos as pre-production and that's it whereas this time we're doing demos and then i think there's going to be that period of let's say january where we um maybe ramp up the jams a bit i was thinking of possibly booking a room on a sunday for like a month setting up and just just laying some demo drum tracks with mics and then the guys come in on monday the next day with everything sort of set up my gear already set up and um yeah doing actual pre-production where we take a track like we take a recording of the set home every every once a week for four weeks and yeah you know just to really see where we're at before we go in and record cool i like it and we've never done that before right no well we've recorded jams before and no but i mean but not properly yeah not critically and not after like a big period of learning and practicing and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because i think that's where it'll anything that's left over to to do to the songs will probably come out at that point or this sounds good as it is it's raw tracks but it would be cool to put this over the top awesome (coughs) cool we'll we'll keep giving you guys updates over the coming weeks and months and we'll try and get a few more episodes out. What can we do on this podcast over the next few episodes? Any Don't ideas? Know. A couple of interviews. Again, they've been hard to schedule and stuff, yeah. man, because yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff going on in uh, Ashland at the moment. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess, yeah, you've had heaps of crap going on too. Yeah, um, not too bad, but yeah, it gets a bit hard. But a few ideas in the pipeline of who we can have chats to. Uh, I wouldn't mind having an episode about a few new online tools that I've heard about uh, being talked about around the traps. Yeah, we can, can get into the bands. boring stuff. <laughs> um, I, can I mention a few things that have just been on the brain? Please do. So today I was listening to a Pioge cast with um, <laughs> Steve-O from Jackass on it. Oh, yeah. And he was saying, and this is an incredible idea, I reckon, uh, you know how like famous people get like people like, oh, can can I just take a photo with my friend, take a photo with my phone of you and me or whatever? And they go, yeah, sure. And they're there for like, it happens to us on tour in other countries usually where you're there just for ages taking photos with people and they're like, one more, one more, one more. Well, what, what this Steve-O guy has done is on stage at the end of his show, and he's obviously like quite famous, he'll say, okay, I'm done now. Now I'm going to get, f- I, I'm not leaving here until I get a photo with every single person from the crowd. <laughs> And so then they all go, or whatever. And then he has a photographer there where, so they'll go up, the photographer will take the photo. No one takes photos with their own cameras. So he takes all the photos and um, then he says, you can find this on my website. So then you go to his website, you you search through all these photos from that gig and then find one of yourself with him and then... I assume I haven't actually looked it up, but you you can then share it from there to like their social media. So he's to page, pay for it. No, oh, okay. so his page ends up getting shared by yeah. like fifty thousand people over a year who were super excited about having one photo with Stevo. Right, pretty powerful marketing thing. Big time. He'd be getting a shitload of hits if he had advertising on the website or anything like that as well. <laughs> That's true. Obviously, he probably doesn't need any of that stuff. But his other idea, and this is pretty cool, is like look, there's a lot of people to get through. 
um, I'm going to situate myself to the right of the merch desk mm. and people who buy merch are immediately first in line for the photos. <laughs> so then those people line up by, you know, maybe like a, a $2 sticker or up to a like a T-shirt or he's got a book out, so maybe his book. Mm. And then they get to have a, a photo with him and then they bugger off and they get out of there quick. Whereas like people who don't want to buy merch, they still get photos at the end of the gig with him, but they just have to wait until the paying customers get through. <laughs> so pretty, you know, pretty mm. interesting idea. It doesn't so much apply to local bands. What show was that on? That's on the Joe Rogan yeah, experience. Right. But yeah, that's, man, I listened to that. That's been my <laughs> podge of the week. Just he's, that guy's done some crazy stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, I like the sound of that and whether that could work for like a small band or not. But yeah. I don't see why not. It's not the worst idea in yeah. the world. Yeah, I mean, and, and we kind of, we don't deliberately hang around the merch desk to get people to buy merch. But let's say in Japan, we don't know anyone. Mm. We're unfamiliar with the place. The one place that is the same in every place in the world that you tour is the merch desk. <laughs> so like we finish a show, Cabra or Jesse is usually behind the stand. Me and Jim and Dicey will go over there and just have a drink, like sort of talk about the show. And that's where people will come and they might buy something or they might just approach us for a photo or a chat or something like that. Mm. And so it all kind of organically happens around there. But I thought that was a pretty, pretty cool idea of how to manage like large amounts of photos. Yeah, I think stuff. it's a good idea as well. But I mean, something at our level, you couldn't sort of tell people if they asked to have a photo, you couldn't say you can, except you're not allowed to use your own camera. Yeah, yeah, um, of course. But of course. there's nothing that would stop us from getting photos with people with our As cameras well. and yeah, uploading yeah. them and then they can look and find them on the net. Yeah, that's a that's such a killer idea. That yeah. alone is really cool. I think we should definitely start doing that immediately. Immediately? Yeah, just at every show. If anyone wants a photo, then we get a photo as well and we say, hey, yeah. we've got one with our camera, which is probably better than yours. <laughs> um, and we'll put it online. Yeah, And cool. then have a little thing you can share, Twitter or Facebook or whatever, Insta. Yeah. Anything. Just put it on the feed. That, I mean, I think it's a good idea. I like it. Um, my other tour tip number four is my friend Simon Holland yesterday mm. um, went home from the show after playing with Wrath of Fenrir and um, was awoken in the middle of the night with uh, someone breaking into his car and ripping off his music gear. So, first of all, we all know it, but we do it sometimes. Don't leave your gear in your car. Mm. Me and Cab are guilty of um, going home from jam taking out like let's say one most important thing and leaving the rest in there for the week <laughs> until next jam and yeah to, man i've known so many people get their shit ripped off including like jim had all his shit nicked out of the car yeah he doesn't have a base head front of the house he was just parked out there and he had yeah the head in the in the boot and yeah someone jimmy the boot open yeah gone as it's fucked so anyway he he got some stuff ripped off but he heard it and ran out and they dropped his guitar which still sucks they dropped his guitar and he chased him down the road trying to get the plate number. And he's a bit of a unit, like he's massive. Um, so they probably got scared because he actually found his Kemper um, that had been hurled out the window. And it still works. So it's, <laughs> it's beat up, but it works, which is cool. And that's, man, that's a bonus because it's so expensive. But yeah, I guess the big tip is insurance of mm. some description. And it's a crap one to talk about because it's not very... Um, when you think about buying new stuff for your musical career you know you usually think about new guitars and amps and all cool stuff but yeah you know i mean maybe altering your home insurance to cover contents of your car or contents certain pieces of um equipment that 
you may take with you that are expensive if there's some way you can factor that into some insurance you've got or you can get musicians insurance who like specifically cover stuff so even if you're at a gig and someone tips a a jug of beer onto your 12 inch uh tom (laughs) at um the newport in Fremantle. Um, they'll cover you for it. That happened to me, but fortunately my case stopped any of the beer from actually infiltrating it. Also, that makes me think uh, if you happen to be unlucky enough to lose something like a Kemper that's so personalised where you would have your own sounds on there and um, you know your own setup of um, you know sending stuff to your MIDI pedals or however you've got it set up, you might want to think about backing all that up on the computer somehow. Um, Otherwise, you'd you'd be buying a new camper and starting all over again and not having anywhere to re-upload your stuff from. I guess it's no different from an iPhone or whatever, where uh, you, know, you back all that up on on your computer. Uh, something else to think about. Yeah. So I guess yeah. uh, we should ask, what have you been listening to, Kama? Um, if any, uh, the new Amorphous album, Under the Red Cloud, for me, for the last few weeks probably been enjoying that thoroughly which is funny because i've never really liked amorphous much before until the last couple of albums i've started getting into them a bit uh and i think it's pretty awesome love the vocals catchy songs nothing too technical or difficult um but just cool well-written songs lots of cool key changes and just catchy shit good production you name it any anything else maybe just a quick a quick list of other high Higher frequency listening. Um, I've had that. What else? I've actually been listening to Catatonia, which is a bit random. Great Cold Distance album and uh, something else. Again, never really got into them before, so I don't know where the hell that came from, but I was enjoying that. Um, and what else? I don't know. Not a whole lot else. I just had stuff on Shuffle, I think, um, lately. A few podcasts here and there. Uh, yeah, I think that's all. Yay. Yeah, still listening to the Working Class Audio podcast quite regularly. Sort of, it's overtaken the Bobby Osinski one as mm. my new favourite audio one. I think that's pretty practical and they're, yeah, the approach that they talk about is um is good. But I've mentioned that before, so shut up. <laughs> um, Music-wise, Agalock, Ashes Against the Grain, a yeah, fair right. bit. Cool. And, um... The new Ahab, I've actually yeah. been given it a fair spin before I hadn't, when you'd been talking about it, I hadn't actually really properly listened to it. But yeah, that's that's going awesome. Love them, the yep. tone on there, man. Yeah, yeah. It sounds so real. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Actually, that reminds me, Um, I have been listening to a couple of the new Swallow the Sun tracks because they're, um, mm. well, they've got a triple album coming out in the next few months. What? I know, ridiculous. Uh, but I think they've got two tracks online. They both sound pretty good. They're very slow and a lot of clean singing and stuff, but pretty brooding. Sounds wow. good. Um, other things I've been listening to are kind of various, but a major thing that's been put on every second day, I reckon, for a few hours and especially over the weekend, it's actually quite a lot of andrewhogue.com. Yeah, streaming. actually Tim was talking about that last night. Yeah, it's um something that I never thought of listening to because, you know, I don't listen to music in that way, but lately, yeah, because of Tim, he's just been chucking it on through his pump and sound system. And what I appreciate about this probably been for the last month, I've been giving it a good listen and yeah, he'll do 
you know, one night he had on um, songs by songs featuring people from other bands that aren't well known as songs with guests. So he has like, theme nights. Yeah, yeah, which that I mean that was pretty cool. Like you didn't realize that such and such was on this song. Yeah. Or you know, um, James Hetfield was on a was on a um, corrosion of conformity song in the nineties yeah. or something. You know, like just weird stuff. So that was pretty cool. Awesome. But yeah, his general general playlist definitely has some stuff that I hate. But at the same time, there's all I always find something good or if I find something bad in something, it makes me realize that something else is good if you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. i don't mind listening to stuff i don't like well, it's still it, good to know what's out there you know see yeah. what people are listening to it's no different than if you're listening to um spotify or pandora or something mm. it's just it's still gonna spit out songs that you don't really like or whatever but yeah so this is all the time a eh? 24 7 yeah, switch dude. it on and there's something on yeah that's pretty awesome yeah i think it's pretty cool man and and he did you know he does a thing as well where lately he's any person who's in a band that he talks to, he was saying like, um, do you like new Metallica or old Metallica better? <laughs> and um, people would say like, are they like this particular thing? And then he'll play that song, which mm. is pretty cool. Yeah, right. And which backfired when he asked Devin Townsend because he said, my favorite Metallica is easily Lulu. And then he put on a shitty fucking Lulu track. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, pretty cool. Won't harp on about too much. I think yeah. he's doing actually quite a good thing. And to me... Like it's a lot of the times better than just sticking to my old my own playlist because it can get boring after a while, man. Mm. It's hard to be innovative. Yeah. Cool. Um, that'll just about do it today, eh? Yeah. Let's fuck sure. off out of here. Yeah. Don't think we have any tunes to play, do we? Nah, not sure really. We can scrounge something up. Um, can we chuck on one of Owen's tracks? I'll hit him up probably. Yeah. If we do, let's do a thing. This is Owen Thomas's Tommy the Farmer. Don't know what song it's going to be, but <laughs> check it out. Cheers. ClaimTheThrone.net. Uh, go to the right-hand side of the page and leave us a voice message for us to play on the show. If you've got any requests over the coming few episodes about um, perhaps ideas of interviewing people or any questions or topics you want us to chat about, that's the way. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the usual stuff, you know where it is. Um, and that's all. Catch you next time. Thank you.